from TMP to TTNG For sure the cure and those tired meme jeans Hella Kinsella and the promise ring Sunny day real estate and rights this spring Prince Twinkle Daddy's help keep the dream alive I constantly thank God for Algernon and Remo Christie front drive. Mineral snowing high tide hotel here and more. Rio Limo only consists of the DC emotive hardcore. r slash listen to this thread where someone posted i'm pretty sure portrait portrait of a man uh and this one kid uh came in there and was like yeah i saw mcp they played a cool show but they were kind of weird and admittedly like they were referring to a show where like we were all kind of in like not the best of spirits that night so i could understand that and i apologized to them and I was like, yo, I'd love to talk this out, know exactly what vibe I was putting off. But then this one kid pulled up and was like, yeah, I've get up, gotten a bad vibe off that band, especially Elliot. They have a tendency to discriminate against people uh, for their sexual orientation, and I don't like it. And then some friends of mine pulled up on this thread and were like, hey, what are you talking about? And then this person said, and I quote, you mean to tell me you haven't seen the cis bashing on Elliot's <laughs> social media? And I came in and I was like, hey, yeah, what are you talking about? And they were like, you told, uh, you posted once that straight people couldn't come to a show. And I was like, I never said that I didn't want straight people's money. <laughs> like that shit was the wildest shit this kid straight up used the term heterophobic and that was such that was the highlight of 2018 for me I gotta be real fucking EP if you use the term this is my official position if you use the term heterophobic then you probably You're... jerk off to Yu Yu Hakusho while Blade plays softly in the background There's there's no recovery from using the term heterophobic it was so much, and it was so funny. It was so funny. Did I you ever that. figure out like who it was or anything? I have a theory. Um, no one worth mentioning because it's no one anyone knows or cares about. It's just someone who like I met at a music shop and friended on Facebook, and then he got really pious and self righteous when I made a broad stroke critique of cis normativity. Mm. <clears throat> and was like not all cis people and it's like I'm not saying that leave me alone and then he got like really fucking mad 
People are really wilding out. 2018 was a wild year. Let's do better this year. Yeah. I don't know. I I I bought an electric tea kettle last night with my student loans refund. And so, you know, this year I'm I'm living. I'm proud. I'm happy. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> well, it was on this is episode 23 of the <laughs> E-word. The first episode of 2019, our first recording in like ugh, a month. Uh, oh yeah it's been a bit yeah it's been, it's been a hot minute i feel bad <laughs> i think we were all extremely worried um, yeah i was about to say we 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 feel more bad for you than you yeah. do uh, <laughs> for them oh i see yeah uh well <laughs> hold up a second because we have to do a proper intro to this episode this is episode 23 Ooh. this is kyle recording in madison wisconsin over there is ellie who gave us a little bit a little bit of a scare which we'll get to ellie you're good though Give us a thumbs up. Currently good. Yes. Okay. And we have a return guest. We have Elliot, formerly of Michael Sarah Palin, a band that just got clowned on on the Welp It's 2 a.m. and I'm listening to the Cap'n Jazz again page today, <laughs> this morning, or yesterday. God, yeah. what an honor. <laughs> I love how like you in the comments was getting more love than the page admin as well. <laughs> well, like... So I was really stoked to finally get more of a mention than the only other mention we've gotten, which was them going through uh, every album of the year candidate for Midwest Emo posting. And for MCP, it just said nope. And I was like, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> uh, but otherwise, like, you don't you, you don't have any hurt feelings about this. I mean, oh, God, no. People are allowed to like, not like my art. Yeah. But it's also like out of any band why would they pick mcp because we're the one with the stupidest name uh. find a band in emo with a worse name mm. okay from well front bottoms aren't an emo band i'll stand by that i don't i mean like i don't think elton john cena's that clever but it's also like a solo project I, I don't know for some reason i think if it's a solo project you can just get away with it yeah solo projects have their own rules Mm-hmm. Yeah, Michael Jordan touchdown pass. Exactly. I've been. I'm trying to rack my brain thinking of a stupider name. But, exactly. Uh, that's that. That might be what makes you stand out. To be quite honest. Well, I mean, like everyone who loves the name loves it because it's bad, and like it worked in that it was memorable. If you heard of us once, you knew you had heard of us. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it got the job done. But I'm not going to say it was a good band name. It was a bad band name. It just worked. I want a band to name themselves Alexander and the Horrible, Terrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. I think that would be a, a good band name. Oh, that would be a good one. Who was that one hardcore band that got banned from so many venues that they changed their name to Fuck You, Pay Me? Uh, is it Bad Luck 13? No, no. Bad Luck no. 13 still Bad Luck 13. There was a lot of bands that got banned from venues constantly. Like I think On Broken Wings and Swear to God both like unbroken wings uh, yeah bro- unbroken wings uh have a very off color mosh call from back in 2003 that I'll tell you about later uh, like, does it start does the word in particular start with an f uh oh I wait mean, hold up hold up you mentioned this one last time we were on a call together. that was the- yeah uh can we edit this out Kyle so I don't get caught on air like like someone we're just going to use the bleep all right so not that I condone this language, but on Broken Wings have a mosh call um, 
right before you know the heavy breakdown hits, uh, the singer uh, talked into the mic and said, "Oh uh, yeah, you mentioned that last time." Yep. Yeah. Okay. Horrific. Horrific. But yeah, they got banned from a ton of venues for that. Like, I think a couple venues actually like banned the genre of hardcore, like blanket. Because I mean, that's of... that's a thing that happens. Yeah. Anyways, you were about to ask Kyle something. Yeah, Kyle. Um, there's uh, there, there's somebody here. My my very close friend and old roommate, uh, listener to the pod, Josh Bell, is here. Um, and he he just wanted to say hi because he actually refused to listen to the podcast for like the first like eighteen episodes or so. He was just like, if I want to have a conversation with you, I'll just fucking talk to you. Um, and then when I was in the hospital. Uh, he started listening, and he Aww. said he thinks you're a pretty cool guy. So. Okay, thank you, Josh Bell. Hey, I like uh, the combination I'm... of Drake and Josh. Drake Bell. Oh Josh. my god, I was thinking it too. I wonder how Josh. I get that. He, he literally just brought up you're the combination of Drake and Josh. Thing. He gets that a lot. <laughs> Hang on, I, I have my headphones on, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna put the microphone up to his mouth. Hey, what's up, Kyle? Um, I really so. enjoyed. Uh... <laughs> All right, so we got we, we got a we got a missive in from a long time first time. I honestly thought what was happening was you're gonna bring like your cat up to to the mic or something because you are now a, a pet owner. Yes, uh, my my cat Juno is also here. Uh, she's being quiet now though since I like very recently fed her. But I give it like two hours and the meows will start. We went silent, you know. We're not as active, etc. Anywhere but Twitter. I I feel like we've like Ellie's been firing off like one tweet every three days that just goes off. So I, I yeah I, I don't I know. feel like we're like covered there. <laughs> like people haven't forgotten yeah. about it. We're definitely in the feeds. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but the more effort I put into a joke, the less likes that it gets. So. If if I spend like thirty seconds listening to Fall of Troy and I'm like, oh, this sounds like Stars Hollow, uh, that will get like three million likes. But if I put together a well constructed joke, or fuck, even if we like just announce a new episode, um, then like three, it's like the fucking lady. Yeah, it's like the lady from the Bird Box. You know that that meme. No, no one will fucking look at it. Yeah. Uh, so the first thing that brought things to a halt was you going into the hospital, which, I mean, we've like put out the message out there. But Ellie, if you want to go ahead and give us the scoop on what happened, if you want to. All right. Um, so initially, I think I talked about this in the episode, but that's not coming out for a bit. Initially, I had gone into the hospital. I went to the emergency room out here in Austin and... I told them what I was experiencing, and they were like, "Oh yeah, you probably have a UTI. Just take some, uh, take some medicine, some antibiotics. It'll go away in a little bit." Um, so I do that. It starts feeling better. I fly out to Las Vegas for the holidays uh, to visit my family, and on the morning of Christmas Eve, I wake up just like in unbearable, ungodly pain. Like I try and muscle through it for like two hours, and then I'm just like, "Fuck, I need to go to the emergency room." So from there. I checked into the ER like 3 p.m. Christmas Eve 
and I don't get out until January 3rd. So altogether, I, I spent like eight or nine days in the hospital. And when they, because at first they just like had me hooked up some IV antibiotics and were giving me morphine and hydrocodone. They were alternating those, but the pain was like so bad that it wasn't even like making any impact. something like 30,000, which is very, very bad. I think like 15,000 is where people with appendicitis are at. So I was at 30,000. They transferred me hospitals and I was about to go into organ failure. So they like thought about intubating me and then did not do that and just took me up to like vancomycin, which is the strongest possible antibiotic. Uh, uh, and I came up negative with every test that they were throwing at me. Like any STD test, negative hepatitis negative like they could not, not figure out what the fuck was wrong with me and i just kept like fluctuating condition um i would get better throughout the day and then i would spike to like 102 degree fever at night and they wouldn't let me out of the hospital until i had been fever free for 24 hours um i think around day six i had like a complete and total nervous breakdown um but you know it was it was chill eventually i got better uh lots of people visited me my hospital room was kind of like a rotating door of Vegas hardcore people. Um, and Dina, my beautiful, lovely fiance, um, actually flew out from her parents' place uh, out in California. And, Damn. Uh, yeah, she stayed with me for three days, flew back to California. Um, and when she was supposed to go back to Austin, she instead flew back to me in Las Vegas and stayed there with me until I, she had to go back to work. So really, really a plus, uh, girlfriending there from her amazing person. Yeah. yeah. She really impressed my parents on that shit. They're solid. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was a very scary near death experience. Um, it's taken me a very long time to be able to like, even like walk properly without like getting such bad pain in my lower abdomen that I need to lie down. Um, but I can pretty much walk fine now. And aside from some back pain from being like immobile for so long, I'm pretty much good. So yeah, that's it. That's my, that's my story. Uh, and I hope to soon publish it and become rich off the memoirs. <laughs> Do you need help with anything? Like I know at one point there was a in the works. Yeah. So that's actually supposed to be a secret or at least that's yeah. what um, yeah. people organizing it told me. Um, but to give a very uh, brief, non-detailed overview, uh, my friend Sean, who runs Middleman, and um, my very good friend Eleanor are organizing something to help me out with my hospital bills and just my general well-being because uh, I have not been able to go back to work yet. So that, that's what's going on. I'm doing... A, okay i'm not gonna like uh burn out and go deep into credit card debt anytime soon but it will be much appreciated shout out middleman. shout out to who middleman middleman yeah sean is an amazing person they i are... only recently had the pleasure of meeting sean and like holy shit what a great human yeah they're they're completely pure and warm and wonderful and 
everything they do fills me with joy or sparks joy i guess is in the that... balance of our time but yeah the hospital bills are going to be very scary <laughs> i am i'm not looking forward to receiving them i guess some just came into my parents ad- address and my dad was like you know don't stress but still it's it's a situation and um i'm still like under my parents insurance but since i'm over 18 the i'm liable for the bills and not anyone else i i hate when like bad things like this have to i mean like is sometimes the biggest reminder of like people really care for someone but like it happened with this i mean like there was that that thread in the sub that you didn't even know about for like the longest time where people like hey just letting you know like one of our mods is in the hospital and everyone's like oh fuck like her work means the world to me and stuff like that and um people were talking to me irl like hey do you know how ellie's doing i saw this thing and stuff like that so um yeah that was that that was wild that meant like the world to me not just like like not just like reddit community but also like all my screamo friends and my hardcore friends and people who i thought like weren't even really particularly aware of my existence like everyone just came out and showed me support or or was like texting me or calling me and it was like a it was very emotionally intense i kept Mm -hmm. tearing up a lot so thank you to everyone sent me well wishes it means a lot i for one can say like i'm so glad that you're okay uh we're definitely gonna signal boost whatever we can to help out with medical bills and stuff yeah thank you um i know i know you're glad i'm okay i know elliot is like well fuck this kid um (laughs) i would let elliot speak i am i am so (laughs) upset that you're thriving right now I am so goddamn mad your organs did not fail. How else am I supposed to become a fucking co-host here? (laughs) (laughs) Shit. Fuck. It's my one chance at the throne. But the throne's a really cheap office chair from Walmart. (laughs) Walmart? Walmart. How dare you? Uh, We got this couch from a thrift store, I believe. (laughs) (laughs) More ethical. Enough about me. Let's. I guess we can tease an episode that we started recording, um, just to kind of get people excited for things that are coming. Um, we started an episode with probably the most relevant music critic to the the genre that we talk about. Um, we started it and we didn't get enough time, so we're just gonna finish it. So. Um, it's currently on the back burner, but we're trying to get that done by the end of last year. So that's another reason why things kind of got so quiet for us, because we didn't know what we were yeah. going to do with this episode. And it's not the bald guy. No. No, it's not. It's not the bald guy. It's it's not, uh, <laughs> it's not that bald guy. <laughs> oh, wait, hold up. He's bald? He's bald and has glasses. I think I think our guy has a facial hair though mm, i mean so does the other guy on occasion on occasion i mean usually right actually no he didn't when i saw him so never mind yeah he's he's pretty fresh faced for anyone who hasn't guessed we're talking about cameron crow um <laughs> and 
it says here in general for both of us how are things how are you kyle are you okay Does, do, you, do you need to talk about anything what a particular? question <laughs> i wrote the question um <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah that's why i was asking i was like does kyle really just want me to ask him like how he is yo all right people uh, people uh, people haven't heard from us for a very long time so i don't know i thought they might want to know that things are fine i mean i'm interested in how you're doing i know josh over here is always interested in how you're doing and you you are you are a fan favorite by the way like i'm a fan when favorite. i when i do talk to yeah, when I talk to people about the podcast, they like shout you out consistently. I don't. I don't give them anything. <laughs> You're very funny. Half the You're conversation. Very... Uh, yeah, uh, half, half the conversation and some some really well timed deadpan interjections. I think. Right. You're, okay. Yeah, you're underselling like your uh, your timing. I would say the biggest thing that I could say right now, I actually have to, to like bleep out. So I'm and I have a now and I. And that, but that, it makes me so happy. It yeah, makes me so happy for you. And I have been aware of this. You were texting me about this. You are the so. only person that I've like I've told because Holy you are shit. so removed. You are so removed from it all. Elliot, you're inner circle now. Oh shit! Wait, does this mean Josh knows? No, because I have my headphones on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Josh, Josh is not quite inner circle. <laughs> He heard that and flipped me off. Damn. He's a silent co-host now, I've decided. I guess that brings us into follow-up, which I... Uh, Ellie, do you remember anything to follow up on? <laughs> I mean... Um, this is so it's... fun to watch. <laughs> <laughs> we took a, we it's took just a like, vacay. what's happened? Oh, God. <laughs> we, we took a vacay. I don't know what more you want. I'm... I'm here in my khaki shorts. I'm here in my my Hawaiian shirt with my, uh, you know, is man overboard playing in the background? Or oh my fucking god! So Josh made me listen to Seaway today, and let me tell you, that band is like a parody of Man Overboard. Yeah, like just fucking atrociously bad lyrics. Like there, there's one song where it's like we're awkward and painful, just like Ross and Rachel. That's a line in the goddamn chorus. <laughs> That sucks. I, I guess I can like give them a pass because they're Canadian, so they're like not quite civilized or whatever. But still, that's like utterly horrendous. And I know they have a song called "Sabrina the Teenage Bitch," which is like not cool. That's not oh, chill. Yeah, that's the band mm. that has that song. Yep, that's Seaway. They also have another song that's like real fuckboy core. It's like I, it's like a love song, and then the chorus is "But your best friend's my girlfriend." Like it's just real gross. <laughs> okay. Nice. Um I would like to add just as a point of follow up that like I feel like we caught Stars Hollow in such like an upswing cuz I feel like at, I Stars Hollow cannot be more in my feed right now. They just dropped a song. It's, New Stars Hollow song is sick. It's um, really good. Tadpole? It, yeah, it's called Tadpole. Yeah. Ian right. Cullen literally was like this is the most REMO thing I could think of. <laughs> so, here's here's a little confession for me. I only finally checked them out like a day after they released that song. I didn't even know they had released the song. It was just happenstance. And I'm mad I waited so long. Yeah, yeah. you should be. They're really fucking good. I had Do you know who they remind game. me of? The Fall of Troy. <laughs> Grown-ups. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. There's moments in there. It's like grown-ups with less warp tour appeal. I I feel like your takes are on a they're fucking on one today, Elliot. <laughs> I mean, like you know, it's like not Gr- quite do, as like hype. Do you think grown-ups sound like warp tour? That's I mean, it's definitely right pop punky. Yeah. You know, like yeah. or at least like I don't know. It's definitely more depressive, less less like hype hype, but definitely still like climb on your friends and shout about your feelings type hype. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. There's uh, like grown ups sound like Seaway Elliot 2K19. <laughs> quoted. Whoa. Okay. Let's slow down. Let's <laughs> let's let's take a step back. I I kind of hear it, but I I do think that it's mostly Star the vocals, Hollow, I guess. Yeah, well, I guess the vocals. I think Star like Hollow have like a totally different song structure, like approach to to song writing. Also, like ups. very different guitar work. The guitars, yeah. I feel like, in both of those bands, never really stop riffing. Yeah. When I think of Grown Ups, I think of like one of those guitars, like the lead guitar, just like doesn't stop, just like noodling. And Stars yeah. Hollow definitely don't stop noodling. I I do think Stars Hollow is a bit more like precise. Yeah. Grown Ups was a, like messier taking from like, you know, the copycat and jazz. You know, like it wasn't like played badly, but it was like played with reckless abandon. And Stars Hollow sounded like well oiled. Mm-hmm. Does that make um, sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't think people were surprised by our top ten list at all. No. I I forgot I mean, about it. <laughs> I think that like the obvious things were just like, oh, there's no cloud district. But one that I just like kind of forgot about but wouldn't have put on my list is Donovan Wolfington. <clears throat> While I was making my end of year list, I tried to re listen to it and I was like, Yeah, no, this isn't this isn't cutting as deep with me as I feel like this record was trying to. But at the same time, I think it's like on par with everything that they've released. To me, it was like, I went into it with the knowledge that it was going to be their last record and so it like, hit harder because of that. Yeah. You know? I, I feel I like that's that what thought. all the longtime fans felt. I was like, checking in with myself and I was like, is this why I feel this, this way about it? Yeah. But, I don't know. I just didn't have room for it. To be honest, yeah. yeah, I kept like listening to shit from last year and being like, "Fuck, why didn't I put that at least in my honorable mentions?" But my honorable mentions list was like a mile long. So I accidentally put a 2017 album in my top 25. <laughs> Which album? <laughs> what one? Uh, it's it's by a local artist called Coco and Claire Claire. Uh, wow. The album's called Posh. It's one of the funnest things I've heard in forever. Did it have at least like a 2018 reissue? Oh, it wasn't a reissue. That's just 2018's when it got uploaded to Spotify. And so that's oh, why word. I thought it was yeah. a 2018 release. Word. I feel that. That could totally happen to me. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to dunk on you. <laughs> Thank you for your mercy. <laughs> uh, uh, we are going to talk about in the news portion, uh, we're going to talk about the best of our emo 2018 results because that's relevant to follow up here oh um, uh, yeah i should pull that up yeah uh i got a couple before... tabs yeah <laughs> thank you um <laughs> so do we want to talk about what is going to happen in 2019 for the e-word yeah yeah i okay. think we should okay 
So we are really going to fuck with y'all in 2019. We are going to change up the programming, which sounds a lot more intense than what it actually is. But Yeah, that sounds like a, like a Bones mixtape, but it's not, I promise. The new programming. Okay, so on Christmas Day, I was driving back to Madison, and I was listening to Glockamora's Just Married, and I was like, like, we've we we've hardly really talked about Glockamora on the podcast and then something else got in my head i was like you know what like we're coming on the end of the the end of a decade and then i was like and this is like the decade where like the revival happened i was like i wonder if we can do anything with this and then i was like yeah wouldn't it be cool to just have like a series of one episode dedicated to each year of this of this decade and then i was like yo what if we did like like a surveyor type of thing and then i had just had the idea of like we go to our emo starting in february we will be voting for march and you will vote for your favorite album of 2010 and whatever 2012 is that... gonna be a fucking bloodbath there's so many yeah. years where it's gonna be like what like where do we go here um 2014 is also going to be a fucking bloodbath 2015 is going to be 2009 through 2014 is going to be a fucking mess and everyone's going to hate each other (laughs) i don't know i feel like because uh, all i know is that locked in you see all i know is that i'm right and you're wrong as far as albums are concerned i'm the only person who's ever listened to good music (laughs) So we're going to do this uh, starting in March. We're going to talk about 2010. Um, and so that survey is going to come out at the beginning of February. And y'all mm-hmm. are going to vote. And whatever album gets the most votes, we're going to do an episode on. We're gonna, we are going to deep dive it. We're going to talk about you know, the entire track listing. We're going to talk about everything. And, um, we're the recording gonna... process, the, 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 like the conditions under which the album came out like yeah yep anything you can possibly think of we are going to be like really really intensive about how we're doing this yeah um and we're gonna we're gonna try and pull in some guests that maybe had their hand with the record or you know maybe someone who was just like involved with it in some way um we're gonna try that i mean obviously if it's modern baseball or something like probably not gonna be able to get like brennan on or something brendan brennan brendan um brendan yeah just like an example like that um but we're gonna try and have someone that at least has a connection to the record to talk about it i mean honestly a good example of like deep diving something is like blink 155 like i would love to get blink 155 level about these albums and stuff we might we might have something happening with blink 155 soon as well yeah I'm, keep, yeah I'm keeping in contact with them on that on that subject so do you want to reveal the name of this feature a decade under the influence that's such a good name i'm like so proud of you <laughs> <laughs> that made uh, me like so happy when you said it uh so that's gonna be one of the episodes that's gonna come out a month um the other episode that's gonna come out a month is just gonna be an episode like this you know like a news style episode what you kind of know the e-word to be i guess is that too vain to say but then 
there's going to be another episode and ellie i'll let you talk about that episode that's going to come out every month right so uh the structure for this episode currently is um of course in all the voting threads they're going to be albums that are close contenders albums that don't quite make the cut albums that are maybe perennially underrated favorites i feel like we owe it to those albums to take the time to discuss them you know uh and talk you know maybe not as in depth as we do about the winning album but talk about you know the the surrounding scene what was happening in that year in emo um and i think i can speak for both of us kyle and saying that at that point like starting in 2010 we were like involved you know we were like listeners right mm-hmm. yeah yeah um so the this is kind of like harkening back to maybe like my peak uh involvement in email listening years probably but either either way like that's stuff that we can't ignore the catch is uh these episodes since they're you know extra work um are going to be extras uh for our patreon subscribers uh i feel like we've made jokes about this in the past but like it's actually happening now uh (laughs) we're gonna be doing a patreon uh we're gonna have like a bare minimum you can uh donate to our patreon and once you meet that that bare minimum uh you'll be able to listen to that episode uh per month and kyle and i are working on uh rewards for higher levels but i just think it's i think i think it's cool that we're going to be able to be like putting something together um that people would want to hear uh in that context and it's a model that we've seen work for a lot, a lot of other podcasts that we admire, uh, like Axie Prime, for example. Um, me personally, I really love Chapo Trap House and their Patreon episodes are almost always better than the weekly episodes. Um, but to clarify, more news. yeah, to clarify, that'll be the only way to listen to those episodes. Like they're not going to be available anywhere unless you're a patreon subscriber so just yeah yeah that's your incentive yeah that's your incentive. exactly i'm not a very good salesperson so i feel like me pitching this to the audience is a bad idea uh but i think it's something i'm really really stoked about um we're put we're we're kind of putting everything together uh the patreon should be up by mid-february at the very latest mm-hmm. um but we're also, like I said, me and Kyle are working on, on higher tier rewards, and there may be some merch uh, come people's way as well, kind of as its own thing. Mm-hmm. So keep your ear to the ground. Uh, keep your other e-words to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So right. Patreon shit coming mid-February. Um as is the first release of the possibilities or the, the possible albums for the decade on the influence of the year 2010. But also just one other thing that we've been teasing for a little bit is we're going to fuck around and release an episode only on tape. And that's all you're going to know. We have yet to yeah. get that interview, but it's going to be fun and it's not going to be something we're going to profit off of or anything. And I'm excited to do this. We've been talking about it for like months 
but uh yeah it's gonna be really fucking big too like y'all are gonna be ridiculously stoked on this mind yes. telling me what it is and bleeping it out yeah. Ooh, really yep I, yeah I what kind of what kind of exclusive y'all getting from that just the interview just uh yes yeah, oh, right. okay. and you could and you could only listen to it on a tape because that's funny yeah. Honestly, that's and fucking every, sick. Every single little bit of the proceeds is going to uh, addiction and harm reduction organizations as well as trans advocacy organizations. So, Fuck yeah. Yeah, we were ta- I, I was talking to you about this, Elliot. Like, you offered yeah, a song because we were. Yeah, did you yeah. say that you were going to contribute we're, to it? Yeah, we were trying to get exclusive tracks. Wait, hold up. What? Did you. <laughs> Maybe, maybe you didn't know. Well, maybe it's because of the fact that it was probably months ago, and you haven't reminded me of it. Oh, that's fair. Also, to be fair, we haven't done anything besides think about it for the first time in a couple months. So, yeah. Uh, So y'all haven't heard from us for a long time, but we have tons in the tank, and that's what you're gonna look forward to for for 2019. It's one episode that's like this one episode that's going to be these incredibly good quality artifacts that are deep dives on records that y'all love um i mean i honestly would love to do a deep dive on an album that i'm just salty about it winning uh yeah this, absolutely this is for sure gonna happen that's for sure gonna going to happen probably 2016 if best buds wins like i'm gonna be oh. really going in on it I'm gonna be really going in on it. You are gonna be merciless. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go ahead and skip to what have you been listening to? Alright. Um, so lots of stuff. Um while I was in the hospital, I was trying to be nostalgic. So I listened a lot to the America's Hardcore compilation from back in twenty ten, because that was Ooh. like yeah, that was like the soundtrack to me freshman year of high school. And I still really like look back on all those bands with a lot of fondness. And you got some great shit on there. Like the Bitter End track is sick. Foundation track is sick. Um, shout out Atlanta. Yeah, it, oh, yeah. shout out Atlanta. Uh, it closes with uh, a title fight song, which is dope and ties back into that No Echo article I did a little while back. Um, uh, the Power the power Trip song, Hammer of Doubt. That's like the original recording of Hammer of Doubt. I think that's like the best version of the best Power Trip song. Uh, you got Wolf Whistle on there, which is like the most underrated Pat Flynn band by a mm-hmm. real solid margin. Really good. Uh, or, yeah, a real shitty sounding Cruel Hand song, but like it's a great song. It just has like terrible recording quality. Um, and it goes into that like butt rock thing at the end, which I always dig. Um, yeah, just a top to bottom great fucking comp. Um, I recently did a deep dive on the Dillinger Escape Plan's discography. Ooh. Uh, mm. Yeah, I've listened to all the albums before, but for a very long time, um, I was of the opinion that, like, Calculating Infinity was just by far and away the best Dillinger album. And I think it's still probably my favorite, uh, but, but I think I was really underselling, uh, especially Miss Machine and Ironworks. Thank you. Like, those those two albums are fucking masterpieces. Um, I think what was holding me back was, you know, I I don't I personally hate Mike Patton, like I hate Mr. Bungle and Faith No More and whoa pretty much 
Yeah, I do. I I don't like any of that shit. And so I don't like I did I didn't dig Greg's vocals for a long time because I felt like he was just doing a Mike Patton impression. But honestly, some of the songs were like it is very Mike Patton influenced, like Black Bubblegum, for example. That song actually is a fucking slapper. Like, Yo, thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the you know their their farewell record uh, dissociation is also very very fucking good. Um, I think if I had to pick a least favorite, it would be Option Paralysis, but not because it's bad, just because I think it does what Dillinger does in less volume. It offers know? the least. Yeah. Um, Bum with Gold Teeth is also like a fucking gnarly track, though. Like, that's the Option Paralysis still has some bangers. Um, what else? Uh, January has already been like a crazy fucking year. Uh, Wrist Meat Razor album dropped. And it's insane. Um, Nouveau Ascara uh, used to be Vril. Um, dropped their LP, and it's insane. Really good. I see that um, everywhere. Should I should I have been familiar with that band before? Yeah, they they used to be Vril uh, slash Heritage Unit. Uh, I, they share members. Um, okay. And yeah, uh, have always been very good uh, screamo band. But I think on this new record they like really stepped up like the intricacy of the songwriting um and taylor jewel is just like a godlike drummer like one of the best drummers in all of hardcore in my opinion judiciary dropped their new record that i still haven't peeped that yet rotation i painted my nails while listening to judiciary the the new judiciary that's so your brand i know is there anything more elite than that i don't think so (laughs) um they're actually coming here they're gonna do a show with um Gate Creeper. Uh, no, sorry, not Gate Creeper. Not Gate Creeper, I'm sorry. Uh, Creeping Death. I don't know how I fucked that up. Um, <laughs> and Incendiary headlining. Uh, Wait, hold up. So they have guest vocalists on this album, right? Mm-hmm. I love uh, how instead of listing who the vocalist is, they just, like, put, put the, the artist. Yeah. Yeah. God, like, God's it's, hate this song and, is Judiciary uh, and Knocked Loose. Just all of them <laughs> on one track. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the vocalist from Mortality Rate, she does an amazing fucking job on the track she's on. Um, I think, like, the lyric is something like, I'm pure fucking rage and I will consume you. Like, it's something along those lines and it's so goddamn badass. <laughs> new Page of the Lion, uh, obviously. And it's I've solid. noticed that the New Page of the Lion, yeah, the New Page of the Lion has, like, clout with the younger generation. It does. Somehow. Yeah. I feel like um, it's. Like, I don't know how. I mean, it's something that they should be listening to, but I feel like it's taken a very long time. I feel like it's sort of like an unspoken understanding. I feel like it's because David still has like 22 year old sad bastard energy, you know? <laughs> like, no matter how mature the subjects he's talking about are, like, no matter how far he comes in his life, like, what he exudes is still just like. I, I smoke cigarettes in the shower and I'm not sure if my cat is alive inside my pile of clothes. Like, that type of energy. Yeah. Hearing him talk about weed was funny. Mm. <laughs> Alright. Uh, anyways, uh, so, Kyle, what have you listened to? Alright, I finally wrote this shit out. I don't know what the internet thinks of this band right now, but I am so here for the new Angel Dust. 
holy fuck are those songs all great i i can see them being completely polarizing yep because uh they're going in this own vibe that's very much different in their own but i'm here for it i love it i love all those four songs that have come out uh big ass love bang my drum some song about loving a dog um you mean kenny yeah we're getting to that how do you two feel about the new angel dust you guys can totally like bash me for no i'm stoked um yeah they're not doing they've they've described themselves as like power pop filtered through a hardcore lens before and i think that was like accurate but that's not like really what they're doing anymore they're like kind of going in their own lane and flexing like a different kind of songwriting muscle they're Um, like and they're like committing to to whatever bit they're doing they're like committing to it hard and i think that's yeah i am totally in love with it i saw that one video for one of the songs i think take away the pain i think they released a video for that and it came up as an ad and i'll say these songs are fun i'm still waiting for them to grow on me uh i know they will i they just haven't yet I mean, the the song that they did a music video for last, Bang My Drum, I mean, it has a fucking saxophone solo. <laughs> um, so I feel like they're just, like, off the rails. On, for sure. Uh, I had one friend uh, liken it to Jimmy Buffett, and I lost my damn mind when he said that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, like, hardcore dudes doing, like... I, like but it's Hard, not like a... Hardcore in non-hardcore places. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> what is this a reference to? Axe to grind. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, axe to grind is referencing like an old Tumblr, actually. When they do oh, that. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think we're about to notice a lot more hardcore bands being willing to embrace a softer side, thanks to Fiddlehead. Yep. Mm. Absolutely. I think that is yeah. exactly what we're seeing here, and I'm looking forward to seeing what happens and the subsequent title fight record that we're going to get out of it. Is, uh, is there something to do with Turnstile in any regard with that statement? Like, you know, Turnstile. Now, turn, Turnstile has always just been doing the whole groove. Rage against whatever. the Chili Peppers thing. Yeah. yeah. Chili uh, Peppers is a stretch, but yeah. Is it you, really? I want it to be. Are you specifically saying like soft though, like softer? No, things? I'm just saying like the groove. And by the way, have you listened to Early Chili Peppers? Because they like do like the turnstile is doing now. Like, go back and listen to Fight Like a Brave. That's all I'm saying. Right. <laughs> Not that I'm defending the Red Hot Chili Peppers as a band because they. You are and bad, Claudio are but... both on that fucking shit. Okay, I'm anyway, gonna keep going. I'm Kyle gonna keep has going. More things. Yeah. Yeah. I finally listened, or I don't think I listened to it before I recorded last, but the new Strange Ranger EP, which there's actually been two of them because they did like a couple B sides, and all of it's good. All of it's uh, less day moony sounding, and I am really liking all of it. I saw Mineral last week, and that was great. And so I like binge listened mm-hmm. to Mineral for a long time. Um, I met a couple of our emo related people at that show that was cool i met bennett um i don't know bennett's screen name but bennett's a listener of the podcast and was really excited to talk about 
podcast. And then he introduced me to someone who I was standing next to, which who turned out to be Connor uh, Radbones from the sub, the mod. Connor. Yeah, and I love Connor so much. He yeah. is the biggest sweetheart. I also listened to this new band, um, or the new release from the band Forest that came out this year. Incredibly fucking good noodly email from Japan. Oh, is that the is that the We Are Forests Bandcamp that I've seen thrown around? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, super all right. fucking good. It's incredibly good. I should listen to that. Um, I listened to the Wrist Meat Razor LP, and it is heavy as fuck. Um, been listening to Future Teens. I saw Future Teens earlier this year as well, and really like that record that I finally needed to listen to. Uh, there's this band called Caravella. I don't know anything about them. I think they're from the East Coast and have done some stuff with Prawn. And it's just really good, like... It sounds like 30-year-olds making, like, Jimmy World kind of poppy Every stuff. Every time I see their name, I get really excited thinking it's Caravelles. Uh, Caravelles <laughs> are assholes, by the way. Really? Are they really? Oh, not cancelable by any stretch. Oh, just, like, okay. not fun to hang out with? Yeah, they're from Vegas. Uh, um, oh, they are, aren't they? Is that supposed to yeah. be the beginning, middle, and end of that statement? Or Well, because I'm, I'm from Vegas, so I've had experiences. I've had friends who've had experiences that are just generally unpleasant. Not Fair. not like not anything gross or anything that I would say is problematic. Again, but just, like, just like sort of an eye roll type thing? They're meanies, yeah, a little bit. Gotcha. Damn. Is it because they're yeah. in like kind of a beloved band, so they have... Some they were assholes them. before Caravels were big. <laughs> okay, okay, gotcha. Yeah. They do. They rip live though. I saw them in the t-shirt warehouse once upon a time, and it was fucking dope. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Got to separate the art from the artist, man. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> that. Shit. Okay, we'll get to that. Uh, that's all I'll talk about. All right. So, uh, new Pedro, great. David Bazan doesn't write bad lyrics. Let's see. There's this new Atlanta project called Pike Company. That's Pike Co. And uh, they released a three-song thing out of nowhere. And it is like... So they're all in like really like loud fucking bands. It has the same drummer as Big Jesus, if you're familiar with them. Mm. And this is just like a really nice, soft rock EP that like is very sugary sweet. Uh, it Atlanta emo band Fox Wound released a new album that I've been enjoying quite a bit recently. Uh, yeah. Same guitarist and partial front person as Top Bunk, if you remember them. Yep. Uh, this is really good. Uh, very reverbed out post-punk influenced emo. Uh, recommend it. Uh, Malibu Ken has been on oh, my ears yeah. lately. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, what is that? That's Aesop Rock and... Tobacco. Tobacco. Right. Yeah. That, sh- that shit is pretty flame. Not gonna lie. Yeah. I'm with y'all on Wrist Meat Razor. Uh, the new... Uh, the two new CU Space Cowboy tracks that dropped. Pretty um, fucking... Yeah, I think 911 is actually, like, a little bit of an older song. Or at least I have been... I've been hearing that for, like... A hot minute here um, yeah but also like you're near them oh uh, yeah no i am i'm friends with jesse and liam so that also might like affect it uh but the new one is re- 
ridiculous. I am a little disappointed in Pure Noise for like marketing this as like a brand new LP that dropped. Cause yeah, it's not. It's just a I got my hopes up for sure. But I do know for a fact that they have an LP coming. So uh, let's see what else. Uh, now that Brave Little Abacus is more convenient mm. in doing that. Yeah, uh, I think it sounds bad on Spotify. It fucking oh, does. I mean, I mean, it wasn't the band who uploaded it, right? It was. It says like copyright break little abacus at the bottom. I think. Anyone? Oh, circle takes that. Circle takes the square. Actually, are uploading their their music. Oh, uh, believe now. me, that was what I was gonna say next. I was listening to yeah. as the roots fucking undo all day. I've been waiting for that uh, to be on Spotify for the four years I have had Spotify fucking premium. Yeah, that, that I've had was it for like seven. <laughs> been waiting this entire time <laughs> so what document eight is for a lot of people as the roots undo is for me that album like really opened my mind up to what screamo could be and what it's, it could be it's tied with document number five for my favorite screamo album ever um, when did that get uploaded and, to spotify was that like today like yesterday yeah, Jesus very recently. Christ. I don't have any um, reason to have iTunes except for fucking camping in Alaska right now. Now, like, yeah, it, I will say as the roots undo. I, someone once told me that it sounds like Showtune Screamo, but you know what? I'm fucking here for it. I'm down with that. I feel like there has to be a better candidate for that. Showtune Screamo. Oh, uh, now this does, has nothing to do with Showtune Screamo, but uh, it just reminded me, Sean from middleman also just put out uh a new record uh the band ripost r-i-p-o-s-t-e uh they they put out their lp i think either last night or today very recently but it's very very fucking good uh at the drive-in influence screamo um yeah all right so check check that out um also i've been revisiting hecra oh that's a good band. Oh, sick. yeah, great fucking band. I more people need to fucking talk about them or him, uh, them, them. I'm I'm really not sure. I do remember they used to upload stuff to Mew a lot. Um, yeah, like promote their music on Mew. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. They're very like not talked about as much as they should be. Nowhere near. Uh, recently saw the bomb the music industry documentary for the first time so mm-hmm. i've been uh on a bit of a jeff rosenstock kick as well also revisiting yeah. some vacation i just saw jeff live it was an amazing experience oh yeah Speaking was, of was seeing... that one the jeff and uh joyce show Je- jeff yeah. and joyce manor uh it um, was ridiculous speaking of seeing things live uh i also saw mineral and i will say for the atlanta show the energy in that room was dead Mm-hmm. Not because of the band's playing, but because, like, you could tell, like, 80% of the room had to get a babysitter to go to that show. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was a lot of singing along in Chicago, but there wasn't anyone, like, throwing a finger up in the air at all. Oh, like, man. It was just, like... Yeah, stand, and it kind of bummed me around. out. Also, can I add that Mike Kinsella was in the crowd with... The host of MasterChef Junior at the oh! Chicago show. You should have asked. You should have asked them to come on the show. Specifically, the host of MasterChef Junior. Absolutely. Mike Kinsella has, the... Mike Kinsella has nothing to do with email, so I don't know why you would 
consider that. <laughs> it, it sucked because, like, that night was supposed to be a double header for me. Like, I went to the screening of the new Neil Breen film in Atlanta. <laughs> okay, so you're familiar with Neil Breen, greatest director yeah. of all time. <laughs> was not aware that someone with the talent Oh no, he's he's like he's what everyone makes Tommy Wiseau out to be. <laughs> like everyone's like, oh, Tommy Wiseau is like the greatest bad movie director. No, you do not understand. Like Neil Breen is an auteur of shit. Yeah. Who's the oh, other one? You, you will fucking you, you ball. What's that person's name? What? Oh, Uwe Ball. Uwe Ball. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, he did like the uh, he did Alone movies. in the Dark. Yeah, po- he did the Alone in the Dark adaptation of that video. Game. I don't know. If anyone gets anything out of this episode, I want everyone to go. Uh, Fateful Findings is posted on Vimeo. And... Uh, my my favorite Facebook meme is the people like making the their profile picture frame uh, a Neil Breen film. Like, yeah, <laughs> I love that. Uh, getting to see the new film, which by the way may very well is a strong contender for Neil Breen's best to date. Um, like a really strong contender. Um, is, is Neil Breen the guy that's in all of these posters? Yes. yes. So he, yes. so, so he's casting himself. Yes. Yeah, uh, director, writer, producer, lead actor, provider of craft services, etc. <laughs> Yeah. Makeup yeah. artist also does the makeup for the entire cast. He's Best really a jack off of all trades. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Elliot, have you listened to the new For Your Health yet? Can't say so. I know uh, that I would love it. It's like power violence, right? Um, it's like ripping scrams, like Midwest scrams. I don't know if I would consider it power violence. It's definitely heavy. But there's also like a little bit of like sass in there as well, uh, at least the like on the first track, um, kind of dancey. But it's it's very 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 fucking good. There's like this one like in through the nose out through the mouth refrain where the vocals get like really gross and aggressive, and I'm like in love with it. Uh, I thought right. you would have listened to it already. I just wanted to share no. that with you. <laughs> I'm just a fucking poser, quite frankly. I am, like, the, like, least well-read encyclopedic emo nerd you will meet. (laughs) Like, I know names. I have never listened to a single record in my life. Who's American football again? Not an emo band. Yeah, you don't have to listen to them if you want to be an emo. Oh, yeah, they're just math rock, right? Yeah. Indie pop. All right, I will say though, Brave Little Abacus. It sounds like shit because it was mixed like shit. Like I think they sh- no, no. Well, no. It sounds it sounds like shit. Even in the high quality download I got from a YouTube comment, that sounds two times better than what's on Spotify. Yeah. So the version on Spotify, it's specifically like, especially the fades between tracks. Uh, and that I think only atrocious. happens between tracks two and three. I don't. No, it happened throughout the whole album for me. I think. Yeah, I, I I know that it didn't happen between you know, Highway Got Paved and blah blah blahs, but yeah, 
which for me is the most important point of the, the most important link tracks on the album or yeah. the song to, about a boy to yeah. me discomfort is the album that i wish newfound interest in connecticut had made like i remember you saying this not, yeah really i said this yeah because i never heard of that band until you were like why haven't you listened to newfound in connecticut yeah neither have i um i'm not gonna say they're not worth listening to because uh that album is i think i think i think it's called a long dark path home something like that it's it's very good like post rocky emo with like a little bit of screamo influence but mostly sounds like uh an extended version of stuff like the Gloria record um, and Imbroco. But to me, discomfort is just like so much more high-minded and progressive than, than that. It's what like newfound interest were trying to do, but they didn't have like the guts to go as far as brave little abacus took it. They didn't have the guts and they didn't have the Mandark esque vocalist. Yeah, for me, I think Brave Little Abacus is very emblemic of a time where a, the vast majority of emo bands were just trying to write anthems. Like, that's what the world I, is came out of. That's what Cinco de Mayo shit show was. That's yeah. what fucking Tawny Peaks was doing. When, did, and when did Discomfort come out? What year? 2010. 2010. Circa that time, you also had, you know, like, three-day weekend, right? Fair. Um. I, I agree with you that it was definitely like an anthemic time for the quote unquote revival. Um, but while I wouldn't say that Brave Little Abacus is like not anthemic, I would say that they had loftier aspirations. Oh, for sure. You know? I would even say that like the world is, even as they got more ambitious, have never really matched like what Brave Little Abacus were doing on Discomfort or Okame. Okami just has I mean, four bangers on it. So, like, but it's the thing good. about Brave Little Abacus is, like, they they were maximalists. They were maximalists in a way that, like, you could tell they were just, like, throwing themselves everywhere in order to, like, make this sound. Whereas, like, the world is, we're, like, trying to be an orchestra. I've done a lot of digging on, like, interviews and shit with Adam. And Adam's just, like... He, he, like, went from listening to Scott to They Might Be Giants. So, like, it's just, like, the... it's So that's what the Brave Little Abacus became. Which kind of makes sense. Yeah. Like, it's, like, rhythmically very fucked up and instrumentally wild. Could you imagine if that album had fucking accordion on it? It does have accordion on it. It does. Yeah, I was, like, racking my brain. I think that, like, happens on that yeah, album. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure that's just synth. The, Is it like a no, synth approximating an accordion? Y'all, I'm about to put my phone up to the microphone. Yeah, for real, Kyle. Like, I really remember an accordion being on this record. But No, boys, team. That's an accordion. Word, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Oh, Fuck is, me. That's exactly what I was thinking about, yeah. Thanks, Kyle. Actually, wait, no, hold up. I think that's a chord organ. Shut up. <laughs> no, like the type that fucking Daniel Johnston used. I haven't well, heard anything from Daniel Johnston aside from Hi, How Are You? Hey, All right, hey. He, 
he's did a shit ton. How about if y'all just vote for we just got back from the from the discomfort as album of 2010? We will deep dive it and get to the source on every fucking instrument played. Right? No, it's not gonna win. Stelling's gonna win here. Stelling's gonna win that year. Sorry. Shut up. Don't put that Wait, in your is? heads. Don't put that in your heads. <laughs> What's gonna win? Kyle's gonna edit it out. Oh, I forgot. Fuck was from yeah. that year. Yeah, if I could do whatever was that year, and we all know how much. No, I, I could do whatever was. Likes. I could do whatever was 2010. Yep, it's 2010. Yeah, I am 100 percent positive. 2011. Where Where does it say that? I think you gotta uh, go to Discog. I think I. I yeah, I think Discog. Discog says 2010. Discogs has got to be the more accurate. All right, I'm looking at the Count Your Lucky Stars page now, April 1st, 2011. All right, I'm going to look at the snowing page on Discogs. You mean the one where it's not posted? It says 2010 on Sam Discogs. Rutledge. It says, it says 2010, 2010 square on Discogs. What? Yeah. What page are y'all looking at? Look on Discogs. Oh, square of opposition? On... Yeah, it was pressed on both initially. Uh, Square of opposition says 2013. What? Where are you? Go to the <laughs> I am on squareofoppositionrecords.com. Uh, no, go to, no, go to the fucking album page on Discogs for I Could Do Whatever. Oh, Discogs. I thought we were... Yeah. Yes. No, oh, Bandcamp is inaccurate. That's when it was uploaded We're all digitally. on Discogs right now. Fuck Your oh Emotional Bullshit was first pressed in, in 2009. Huh. I'm learning. I don't understand why you wouldn't just instinctively trust me on this shit, Elliot. I feel betrayed. That's fair. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I could have... I just... In my head, it was a 2011 album. Can we move on? Yeah. <laughs> I, feel like we're, I feel like we've been trapped here. We're just, yeah, like, we've been trapped just, other. like, yelling at each other about old emo. When we have so much yeah. new emo to talk about. Yeah. Okay, so we have a little bit of news here. Um, yeah. We're gonna start with the biggest thing, which is... Oh, can we... Can we wait on this? Okay. I don't okay. feel ready. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, let's start off with Commander Salamander and Origami Angel. Drop that motherfucking split finally. Um, finally, I mean, finally, because we've just been told about it for like all of last to be year. Be fair. Uh, it, well, I mean, to be fair, it happened. The split's been in the works. The, the Gami MCP split fell through. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So. Can I just ask, is this the same split, like, that? Those were the two tracks that were supposed to be on a split with MCP. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And and so this is called Holy Split. It's out on Chatterbot right now. Are there physicals available? I don't know. Um, but we've got two songs from Origami Angel. We got uh, Denny's DeVito and Origami Bagel. And we've got Kenny by Commander Salamander as well as... Uh, what's up, my good man? Sick so, Fernando quote. <laughs> so, so this so this started as a split, possibly with MCP, is what you're saying? Uh, the Gami tracks, yeah. Gotcha. I think this is like the best work so far from both bands, personally. Yeah. Oregon, I think it's insane. like insane. That song is yeah. insane. It's insanity. The thing that I've love is that you can tell that they're still feeding off each other like origami angel is getting more intense and comma salad is getting more like thought out you know 
Mm-hmm. Because they also did that Christmas song. Mm-hmm. Which was... Which, by the way, uh, the the Commander Salamander song on that comp is, like, incredible. <laughs> yeah. It's way too but good. But I, I still think the stuff they're doing here is, like, even better. Like... I'm I'm gonna be ride or die for this band for a very long time. I think, as long as they'll be around. <laughs> uh, don't jinx it. I know. I'm trying not to. Every time, every time Commander Salamander's name is spoken, Claudio and Fernando have a fight. <laughs> <laughs> as for Origami Angel, I think Ryland is like going to become the best pop songwriter in email. I think as it is, like, he's on his way, but he's going to, like, outstrip Jade from Oso Oso, like, in a year or two. Whoa. Yeah. Did you see that video of of Ryland playing one of the tracks on, like, a mandolin and then just fucking blew up on Twitter and, like, Mom Jeans shared it? Yeah. Yeah. Insanity. I mean, I didn't see that Mom Jeans shared it because... It's funny because it's funny because the caption on Mom Jean sharing it was basically exactly what you said. Yeah. Like like the world doesn't deserve this <laughs> musician, basically. <laughs> like um, they will be remembered like as an essential piece of this era. I also know it's like Oregon Angels like getting out there very far and they're finally starting the tour a lot. Um which is awesome because the world needs to here i mean both of these bands really i hope commander salamander can make it to the midwest at least um yeah claudio said that uh they don't have anything for sure in the works yet but they are going to start booking tour stuff soon i talked to him last so we have that to look forward to i really want to get a commander salamander plastic taste split set in atlanta (laughs) (laughs) a battle set (laughs) Yo! Yeah. Yeah. I have never seen a battle set. I've just heard the joke forever. Has anyone here seen No, they're one? a real thing. Well, yeah, I know I, they're real, but I, I've, never, I've never seen So one. I booked a show where one just ended up ha- happening because we had to get the show done before noise curfew. It was between <laughs> Aviator and Messes. And that shit was incredible because they were sharing gear. So it would just be like them switching out and playing two songs at a time and like while one band was playing the other would just be like flipping them off and like telling them to eat (laughs) shit i i wasn't there for this one but i know for a fact it happened uh ostraka and gift from god did a battle set oh yeah jesus there's video of that one right there is uh tymir was there and filmed it jesus christ insanity so goddamn good those are like Tamir's bands. <laughs> yeah, those are his literal favorite bands. <laughs> he was I I feel like he just just drenched himself when that happened. <laughs> Blood in the basement. Tamir goop. All right. Oh, yeah, it's, we... it's both of those bands doing their thing harder than before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that new American football song with Haley Williams is officially out. Officially. Uh, yeah. We all heard it before, it sounded like. Um, yeah. But it's out. I think and... I'm the one who sent it to Elliot. 
Yep. Right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I love it. I think it's really good American football stuff, and Haley adds something to it that I kind of like. When I when I first heard of the concept of this, like that there's going to be a track with Haley Williams, I could kind of hear it, and it it sounds like what I imagined. But honestly, it's great. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the what American football are doing now is much more in line with the stuff that Paramore has been doing on like the last two albums. So it works a lot better than it has any right to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's weird because Paramore is a band that I'm like very stoked on and American football is a band that I'm very met on, but um, they, their collaboration is probably like my favorite thing American football has done since the reunion for sure. I mean, I'm just thankful that we aren't going to be getting another disappointing attempt at a recreation of LP1. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that's like what the third album is. It, it, it's like we're so far removed from LP1 that we don't have to compare it to that now. Well, the thing is, yeah. like, LP2, like, they were trying to do the lp1 thing there were no were effects it was it. just yeah. like interplay yeah. of the guitar parts and like sad lyrics like but yeah. it missed a lot of the you know mathy charm and like mm-hmm. youthfulness that like I'm is s- the whole reason lp1 worked i'm so glad like you're not one of those dumb contrarians who actually likes it better like oh god no I mean, I, I'm not going to say that it's a bad record, but not, I will say, say that, that like, it, it, it failed. I mean, fair. Uh, it failed at what it was trying to do in its own right. It worked. Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's all I can really podcast, say to its effect. But if we didn't get an LP3, I would have been so much more happy I've been so happier if LP2 didn't exist because then we wouldn't have something to water down the discography. Now we have to think of the band that reunited and put out a pretty disappointing record. It just kind of takes away from that like legacy. Like, I mean like reuniting and playing shows is fine, but when, but when you're putting out music, I mean like a good example is like mineral, those songs, those two songs that they put out are really good. Like those yes. are really good. I'm I am happy that they I- exist. Also, Braid, the new Braid stuff. No is Coast excellent. is like the Rosetta Stone for like a worthwhile yeah. reunion record. Yeah, yeah. It's no Coast really is good. really good. It pushes their sound even further, which is insane because all the bands on Top Shelf when No Coast came out are like still trying to match what Braid did on Framing Canvas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Imagine being the greatest emo band to ever exist. And having like I mean, mates that want to sound like you. Midwest emo isn't really emo, but that's that's aside from the point. Do you want to see me cry? Because I will. You're the, you're the last person I would expect to disagree with that take. Really? Yeah. I think that's just... I think well, it's pedantic. You're one of the only other people I know who's like genuinely into early '90s emotive hardcore. Like, okay, I'm not gonna say Midwest emo like flat out isn't emo, but it's not 
I don't think it's emo no qualifiers. Yo, Elliot's well, in their car right now, hotboxing, listening to Mineral. So <laughs> 2001 Subaru. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but not. So the thing is, like, as with most like nichey nichey subgenres, it, it was a term created by music journalists. So music journalists get to decide where it goes. The term Midwest emo wasn't really created by music journalists. Oh, I'm not saying Midwest emo. I'm saying emo. And at the time, Braid was emo. No. No. Yes. If you go back and read the Heart Attack reviews, pretty much, like, anytime someone wrote about, like, Braid or Christy Front Drive, they were like, oh, yeah, this is, like, emo-influenced indie rock. Like, emo back then was, like, very much still life and heroin. And, like, Moss Icon and shit. Yeah. Interesting. All right. I'll have to go and read Heart Attack then. Also, kudos for pulling out the one source that I would immediately uh... respect. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've read like if you quote Heart, Heart Attack, Attack, like there's no there's no combating that. Fun fact: Kent McClard, uh reviewed the Christie Front Drive LP, and he said this is the music that emo kids would put on to have sex to. Like after listening to to the chaotic stuff like Antioch Arrow. Huh. Cute. Yeah. Anyway, that was my pretentious waffling about for the episode. Um, okay. Oh, there's plenty more. Uh, there's that new Stars Howl song called Tadpole. That's really great. I love everything about them. Me too. I had to defend them in a Scram Cave thread. Oh, I Why? saw that. Why? Yeah. Why there was a thread about worst screamo band, and someone said Stars Hollow and Ellie. <laughs> That's Liam, Liam from Space <laughs> Cowboy. Little tiny Ellie just pulled up and was like, "Oh, dang, I really like them." But why are <laughs> they getting called? Sweetheart. But why are they being called screamo? I don't know. Probably That's the, the part bubble. that confused me. Uh, there was a really good like discussion in that comment thread, though, where someone was like, uh, Twinkly Twitter uwu emo is my the fucking bane of my existence, and I was like, okay, fair. <laughs> it's like act your age, you know. Wait, what's Twinkly Twitter uwu emo? Um, Michael Sarah Palin. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like I like I can imagine I don't this know, band, like... but I can't name a single one. Okay, I yeah, know what exactly I want what to yeah. yell at people and tell them MCP was. I don't know what we really were, like, to other people. To me, you're a sparkle punk, for the record. Uh, I would say sparkle <laughs> punk, too. Thanks, Tyle. So, the, yeah, Tadpole. That's my uh, My boy, Joe, premiered it on his show, Finding Emo, the radio show. And it was hey, out. shout out. Uh, and now it's out in the world on Spotify and everything. Um, also, buy Stars Hollow things so they can record that album. That's some feedback on that episode. Everyone was like loving that talk about Tyler talking about needing money to record an album and doing it right. And they were just like, yeah, I actually appreciate that when bands want to make their shit actually sound proper and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Very respectable. Yeah. Um, however, that still does not excuse Jerome's dream. <laughs> Yeah. Woo! Hey, can we discuss the fact that we are supposedly finally getting that Kid Crash album? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like eight fucking years later? That's the funniest shit. That is Um, so funny. 
What is this? Kid so Crash. So Kid Crash. They're like a kind of a legendary screamo band. They're one of those bands that kind of like got harder as time went on rather than softer. But their their album Jokes, I think, is the pinnacle of like kind of windy post-rocky screamo type stuff. They had been like teasing this new album for a very long time. And then they just went away to the point where everyone kind of just assumed they broke up and went back to their gas station jobs or professors at universities or whatever. And let's not then, let this go without mentioning that this was after they had it fully funded for a kick from a Kickstarter. Like people yeah. paid for this album. Yes. So, so um, this is a Kickstarter album that never came out. A Kickstarter album where the Kickstarter launched seven years ago. Somewhere around then, yeah. It's very old. Um, and then, like, we recently got a post that was like, hey, guys, it's finally getting mixed. It's going to happen this year. Yeah, they're also breaking up. Like, Crash is also just breaking up. <laughs> I've never seen a photo look more like 2009 than, like, these photos. <laughs> That is the correct statement to make about Kid Crash. But yeah, shout out Kid Crash. Shout out uh, Jerome's Dream. I'm stoked. I'm so excited. Are you? Are... Jerome's Dream could should record that album on a fucking Fisher Price cassette. That's what I'm saying. How do you um, feel about who are they these... recording it with? It's not because I know the uh, right. Oh, um, it's Dr- Jack Shirley. Yeah. Shirley. Yeah. No, they literally just assumed that Kurt Ballou would do it. Yeah. And and. That was the entire pretense for them saying Kurt Ballou would. And as it turns out, Kurt Ballou has, like, shit to do. So they went to Jack Shirley. It's almost as if he's the guy from Converge. Um, I mean, Kurt Ballou does, like... Also makes pedals. Though, you know? And also, like, is busy being a god. Yeah, uh, I think he's probably my favorite hardcore guitarist of all time. Like, that is a good take. Yeah. How do you all feel about the Loma Prieta and Jerome's Dream tour dates? That are like trickling uh, in. Wait, yeah. hold up. There's more than just the two New York dates? There's like some in like Mexico or something. Uh, yeah, there's some in Chicago. There's um, one in Chicago that of just course got it's an- fucking Chicago. announced today. But they're not announcing like a tour. It's just like very pretentious. Like they have been just like announcing shows and I mean, watching them shout out, out to my homies shout out to my homies because foxtails and masanera are playing yo uh, the New i'm York so stoked for them whoa i know most of masanera i'm tight with uh but especially mark and like that's been a dream for them forever and they even have like a jd cover song they did for a comp a while back and mark was like i th- i'd feel obligated to play that opening for them <laughs> and then Me- Megan from Foxtails is just like the sweetest. All all together, it just is like a dream come true for Scram Cave Proud. Ellie, are you like fucking with us? Yeah, no, Ellie. Ellie's <laughs> you're Ellie's t- off really? that you're, fucking. You're on some speak and smell shit. <laughs> <laughs> Are you hacking my computer? What's going on? Yo, my mainframe, bus. <laughs> I think what Ellie is saying right now is that Jerome's dream sounds like Seaway. 
Wow, this is <laughs> this is <laughs> this is staying in, right? <laughs> I don't know what to do Please. with it. <laughs> I mean, we could cut it short, but like, I at least want like a little. Bit of this. this is incredible. <laughs> like the sounds that are coming out of this, it's like we're getting like a Mersbau set if he woke up with a headache. I fucking hate Mersbau. Oh, back to double. double. Oh my god! <laughs> what did you have to do to fix that? Um, well, my laptop was going into organ failure, so I just shot it full of antibiotics for eight days straight. So there's two new tiny moving parts songs, except the catches that they're old songs, or is, or is only one of them new, and one of them's old. I forgot. I, d I didn't actually look into this one. Okay. Ellie? Yeah. Uh, were you actually expecting me to check out uh, Tiny Moving Parts? Hold on. Let, you seem to let always me... have an opinion. So. All right. Yeah. Hold up. I'm going to consult their... Uh, I'm consulting their Sophie's Floorboard page right now. Okay. So, for the sake of brevity, was the first track off of Moving to Antarctica their yes. good album? Fishbowl. Yeah, no, uh, that is not That's on here. properly new. That's a proper. Yeah, that song. is okay. properly new. Uh, I'm still bummed that they took Moving to Antarctica off of Spotify. No, off of Bandcamp. And I will also say that uh, that is also, in my personal opinion, a good contender for 2010. Not compared to like a fuck ton of other albums, but like. That is what I like to remember Tiny Moving Parts as. I think Tiny Moving Parts, and this kind of speaks to a band that's been around for this long in general, but also like a band that's, I guess, like great. I would call them a great band, even though I haven't liked any of their albums for a while. But like everyone has a favorite Tiny Moving Parts album, and it's rarely like the same. I, I don't want to say rarely, but it's, like, commonly not the same. And that's, Yeah, like... to, to me, it's less that they're a great band, even though, like, you could very easily make an argument that they are. But they are, like, all objectively, like, some of the best musicians in the scene. Like, oh, Dylan yeah. is arguably, like, the best guitarist. In it's, it's also pretty wild that people will say that they hate Pleasant Living, but love moving to it to antarctica because i can like it's not like they're completely different bands sure for me personally I, I think pleasant living is just tame and it doesn't remind me of like the thrill of hearing because like when i heard moving to antarctica i was like really new to emo i came in like i actually came in shortly after this couch came out and so while I was playing catch up, like moving to Antarctica stuck with me in a really heavy way. Mm -hmm. I just think for me, a big statement like that, I don't know. And that's not to say Pleasant Living doesn't make its own statements very largely, but I think it does so in a tamer fashion. But I'm also fashion. saying that in the fact that people people think swell is is great but can't handle pleasant living for some reason pleasant living i feel like is extremely really? polished but swell is just like fucking all-time low level polish i don't know shit's wild. it's like all-time low meets chon 
without the racists. I, ha- I really hate you. I'm very upset at you. Also, Me? moving to Antarctica is definitely on Bandcamp still. Really? Last, me is that? last time I checked, they had pulled it. It's on Bandcamp. I'm looking at it. I just pressed play and I heard a little scream. <laughs> the thing that fucks with me is that literally no one this. ever mentioned celebrate. Wow. Um, except me. <laughs> celebrate and swell also, inter- inter- are totally interchangeable to me. No. 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 Celebrate outdoes swell by well, a margin for me. Yeah, by absolutely. I mean, celebrate is like to me like the furthest pop you can go with Twinkle. Sure. It's it's really really well constructed. Maybe not lyrically. Definitely not lyrically. But I I the... I guess I'll say that like they were losing me on celebrate and they've lost me completely on on swell. I mean, to me, the problem with swell is less that it was exactly like celebrate and more that you could tell they actually tried really really hard on celebrate mm-hmm. and they did not on swell you know yeah i i i always feel like i'm you know an outcast among outcasts when i mention celebrates my favorite <laughs> wait that's your, your favorite, favorite. Your that's favorite. your favorite <laughs> this that's my favorite whoa <laughs> curveball okay that's why we're talking here okay that's your favorite <laughs> it is my favorite yeah. Wow, you are full of surprises. Not that I don't love moving to Antarctica, but it did not stick with me in 2010 the way that several other 2010 releases stuck with me. Um, as for this couch, I think that might actually be in the top 10 corniest albums I've ever listened to in my life. Yeah. <laughs> like, bar none. Jared Alonji tried to parody it, and I think the the original is more ridiculous than Jared Alonji's parody. And as for Pleasant Living, I feel like it's, like, setting a template for Celebrate. I feel like Celebrate is just, like, really polished. I I feel like a thing people don't often know about me is how much of a sucker I can be for just really well-made pop songs. And I've always been, like, very impressed with bands who can just put shit together in an incredibly appealing way and an incredibly... uh, well-constructed way like you can't see the seams and that's what i hear on celebrate for sure like i don't see any of the cracks i mean i'll take yeah i think was it bird cage birdhouse that is like a top three tiny moving parts riff if not latter half of this decade it's one of the best riffs in emo for sure i'm just yeah still I, I just wasn't expecting this take from you. I, yeah. I wasn't prepared for that coming into this. <laughs> the room is well, spinning. <laughs> I think my mother is calling. <laughs> she says I got to go home. I'm really proud I can still like pull out surprises 23 episodes in. Yeah. <laughs> um, my, my takes only get hotter with time. All right. Let's let's blast through the R Emo 2018 results. Um, best emo album went to Charmer with 77 votes. Puppy Love coming in with 75 votes. Grad Life 2 60 votes. Cloud District 52 votes. 51 votes. Retirement Party nowhere even mentioned is Awake but Still in Best. And wait, wait no, Awake but Still in Bed has 47. That's not showing up for me because I'm not a mod. 
All right, I'm on like the voting thread itself. I'm not on the results oh, thread. Okay, I'm on the results. Yes. But yeah, Charmer, honestly, did not see that as the best voted by our emo. It beat out Mom. Yeah, Jeans. I was not. I was not expecting it to beat out Mom Jeans or Grad Life at all. I will say that Charmer. I feel like, I feel like the last two months, Charmer has really gotten a lot of attention all over the internet. We might have caught him in that right moment, but also, I mean. Um, while I don't agree with it being the best album in emo that year, I'm not gonna throw my arms up in the air and be like, "Fuck this!" for any for any reason at all. I think it's because the Charmer conversation, while more low key, was more consistent. True. Yeah, I feel like uh, the Mom Jeans conversation spiked when the record came out and then dwindled. Um, Remember when it got leaked? Yeah. It, yeah. On yeah, Deezer. Yeah. On Deezer. <laughs> <laughs> They might it got leaked well on Deezer. Them. Someone ripped it from Deezer, threw it onto YouTube, and then uh, it got pulled. It got uploaded to Sophie's floorboard, where it remained. <laughs> really? It just yeah. Stuck yeah no, no, it was on Sophie's floorboard Sophie's for a floorboard. couple months before that, the record came out. That rocks. That no rocks. one, no one posted about it. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, no one in the scene wants to fuck with Sophie's floorboard. Like, no one wants Kevin like mad at them. <laughs> Because, like, how could you be mad at Sophie's Floorboard? We all owe so much to that blog. Yeah. No exaggeration whatsoever. Cried when MCP ended up on there. Because, like, that blog meant the fucking world to me in high school. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I know uh, Commander Salamander and Darkle both were, like, ecstatic, overjoyed. Yeah. Yes. So, best new art, best new emo artist went to Awake with Slim Bed. At least we got that one. Best yeah, yeah that's to break to break up, Michael Sarah Palin. Who else was like even contenders for that? Oh, oh I guess Swordfish. The, that was the year before. Diamond Wolfington, Oliver Houston. Oliver Houston. That was. I forgot Oliver Houston. Oliver we Houston. beat out Oliver fucking you Houston. What the Oliver fuck is wrong Houston. with y'all? <laughs> you beat Oliver Houston by a large margin. Um, hey, what the fuck's I, wrong with y'all? What the fuck was wrong? Oh, with washed up emo? Oh wait, no, yeah, washed up emo gave us uh, cover. Yeah, yeah but 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 best emo song, our emo, emo Michael song, Sarah Portrait Palin, of Portrait of a Man. That was actually an honor. I'm I'm very flattered. <laughs> yeah. So best emo band for the breakup. You got 104 points, and then second place was Oliver Houston with 83. Whoa. Third place is Donovan Wolfington with 37. Wow. Oh. Uh, you know you know what's sad about that. New. Did I tell y'all the story of how I met Alex from Chatterbot? No. Pulled up to a show MCP was playing. It was apparently their first show ever. They were, like, asking where the seating was. Um, <laughs> and it was Michael Sarah Palin, a band that just got announced on our tour with TMP and Free Throw called World's Greatest Dad. They're from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um Caddy Wampus and Donovan Wolfington because Alex was really into Donovan Wolfington. And it was at this show where I met Alex and I was like, yo, it's sick that you're stoked. You should come to this show that I booked. And it was a Halloween post fest fest. And it was so Alex's second show ever was Prince Daddy, Just Friend, Save Face and Oso Oso. Christ. Yeah. Alex is a lucky person. Did that just like change them? 
<laughs> yeah, nah, because now P Daddy is like definitively their favorite band. Sick. Yeah, and it's funny because like that's what like emboldened them to like get involved in emo, which is what led them to Ryland and thus sparked Chatterbot. But like MCP wasn't planning on being on there until after I made a tweet jokingly saying that I needed to find a sugar daddy that would press my shit to vinyl. <laughs> and Alex could be that sugar person, that sugar parent. Yeah. <laughs> At another show and Alex was like yo literally yes and i was like okay but we're never calling you my sugar anything <laughs> and they were like okay bet wonderful i'm gonna go onward here best emo label went to counterintuitive was there anyone else i mean chatterbot would have been more exciting Ch but Counter yeah, counterintuitive got 109 second place is chatterbot with 51 whoa um Third, third place is Run for Cover with 50. And then. Run for Cover do last year. Fiddlehead. Uh, Wickaface. <laughs> That's this year. No. Fiddlehead. They were putting. Yeah, Fiddlehead, but they were putting out Wickaface singles last year. Yeah, now Run for Cover. They're going I don't through know some what shit. space they're really occupying right now. Fury, that, that Fury LP. That oh, yeah. Is I feel like Run works. for Cover is taking Side One Dummies' place. You mean of what? Is like, that a fair? Take of like kind of going inactive and slowing down or no in terms of like who they're snatching up and releasing yeah oh run run for cover did camp cope oh but yeah bias aside and don't get me wrong i love the shit out of jake solzer but it would have been it would have felt like more of a triumph if if chatterbot had won for sure that would have been the more yeah. exciting thing um, but obviously like jake works his fucking ass off and so like i'm not gonna say that like counterintuitive doesn't deserve it no never any hate to jake no ever nothing nothing but love Ugh. i don't get it <laughs> i don't get uh, it explain it to me best our emo post went to Corey. prince daddy and the hyena proposed to zoe kisses hippie in the middle of the fest set she said yes God, i lost my mind everyone in there that Were room lost their yes i was you were there yeah, I'm going to was... jump over best R.E.M.O. mod to go to best R.E.M.O. artist choice manner. Just kidding, because the best R.E.M.O. mod two years in a row is Ellie. Yeah. Um, Sheep with Shovels used to win every year, and now I guess I win every year. Um, which makes me feel very good. It makes me feel very warm and fuzzy inside to think that the community actually gives a shit uh, who the moderators are. And even more so that I, I stick out among them. Because we have a really good mod team right now, I think. Yeah, I got first place. And then second place was Hobo. And then third place is Connor. Hey, wait, we got Hobo Johnson in the sub? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I think Dan would be very upset with you for comparing him to Hobo Johnson. Can we just say, that, like, how did Joyce Manor win best non-emo artist when everyone thinks they're an emo band? Okay. I That's like how second place is foxing. Second place for this category is foxing. Okay. That's strange. Best non emo album is just friends, nothing but love. I'm so, glad. I, I can I say something about that album? Yeah. Stop 
calling it ska. It's not fucking it's not ska. ska. It's not ska. Not everything with horns is fucking ska. It's a fucking funk record. God damn it. All right. I don't on. know. I don't know why that bothers me so much. I don't know. Ska is already, like... Bad enough. Or at least Ska, as these kids know it, is already, like, a whitewash, bastardized two-tone anyways. <laughs> and so for them to just call anything with a horn Ska just, like, feels like they're spitting in, like, the face of like the specials or you know like literally any black people yeah, yeah. Uh, so I don't know it, granted these are also kids that'll get really mad if you try to discuss what defines a subgenre anyway so maybe I'm preaching to the wrong choir but I, uh, I will say we are a podcast and you are doing this on the absolute right on, on the absolute right medium right now this is where this yeah. shit lives this is where that that's shit lives. true I love when people get really angry on the pod. <laughs> I mean, like, I, don't get me wrong. Love... It's a, it's a sick ass album. Quit calling it ska. It just doesn't make sense. It's not ska. That's not what ska is. Ska is more than just a a toot toot. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Um, best non emo song went to Fox Thing. How do you pronounce that, by the way? Uh, L- like Prince, Lich, Lich Prince. Prince, Lich, Lich. I've always, I've always heard it pronounced as Lich. I've um, never, but I don't. I didn't listen to Foxing, so I don't know what song y'all are talking it about. It doesn't say that's, that's not... what won on the voting thread. That got forty oh. points, okay. uh, and right above it with forty-three is "Never Gonna Bring You Down" by Just Friends. Hey, really? So someone's cooking yeah. the books here. Yeah, it's not oh. me. I didn't, I didn't post the thing. All right. Uh my f- my favorite my favorite thing about this is the uh, the person who posted the moon is made of cheese but I can't taste it by Bill Wirtz. Uh that's yeah. Ukulele King actually. Oh. Friend of hey. The uh best non emo label went to Polyvinyl for some some reason. I mean they had that Jeff record. Yeah, but you know they were starting to roll out Pedro the Lion singles. Who did Mitski release through? Dead Oceans. Who the fuck is that? That's the same thing as Jag Jaguar and Secretly Canadian. It's a huge label. It's a huge label. Do you know? Do you know what the runner-ups for were? Or the runner-ups were for best non-email label? Top shelf. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, the mighty have third, fallen. Third place is Death Wish. Okay. Respectable. Very respectable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a. It's. I mean, Polyvinyl got 68 points and Deathwish got 18, so they're missing out by like 50 <laughs> points. Um, and then fourth place is fucking Fearless. <laughs> Yo! Oh, wait, um, never mind. I was I, thinking of Hopeless. Yeah, Same no, thing. Fearless is the the one that does those uh, Punk Goes Pop compilations. Uh, which one am I thinking of? Am I thinking of Fearless or Hopeless? Hopeless did uh, Wonder Years and early all-time low i was thinking of fearless thanks to the greatest band of all time dillinger four chunk oh chumped chunk chunk no captain chunk oh chunk. Uh, chunk no captain chunk or, damn right uh, which one of those labels legit put out like a bunch of dillinger four records was that hopeless uh, yeah that's hopeless yeah that's that, that that's tight hopeless um, hopeless were legit punk 
uh, while like, doing shit that wasn't punk at the same time, though. Yeah, same as like Ferret Records and Trust Kill Records, but both like kind of became like scene labels, but started out as like DIY hardcore labels. Yeah. So yeah. I don't want to spend that much time on this, but can we talk about the speculation of Pure Noise scooping up the whole Mom Jeans crew? Oh shit! I haven't heard really? anything about this. Yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, I think Grad Life was re-uploaded to Spotify under Pure Noise, and oh, Al- okay, yeah, okay. And, but 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 from was talking to me about how they played that warehouse show, or no, it was like an auto garage show where like that 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 power violence band that they're all in, uh, they were all natural flavor. Yes, they. I I, I guess that entire crew was just like dripping in pure noise merchandise huh well so they're obviously being courted if not moving on pure noise is uh, i think pure noise is a better contender for new side one dummy for sure Ooh, yeah they have well do they got on their fucking roster right now they have knocked loose see you space boy yeah boston manor can't swim counterparts drug church yeah, yeah. You're strong, Hawthorne Heights, Home Safe. What I've been left hearing behind. is like these are bands that are like making money. Like so yeah, like definitely. bands are going onto that label to actually see some coin and not just like eat Taco Bell in the parking lot. See you Space Cowboy. See you Space Cowboy will always eat Taco Bell in the parking lot because it's very cheap and accessible vegan food. <laughs> uh Sharp Tooth. I saw them in a mm. pizza place once. Sick. It was like a week before they got signed too. So basically, all they needed to do was scoop up the, the story so far, and then they could afford anything that they wanted after that. Is what so, I'm seeing on yeah. this roster. Here's what I'm saying: If Mom Jeans gets scooped up by this, and I don't see a Mom Jeans rotting out tour, <laughs> Mama's gonna be a little cranky. I think. Uh, I I feel like joking. Mom Jeans. Like mom, no, mom jeans have like kind of hardcore connects, right? You know, like connects, or is it just Where? merchandise, or do they just walk around in cord orange and code orange hoodies? Well, nah, because like for the longest time, there was that uh, the like main mom jeans picture was like Eric was wearing wearing like nails merch, right? Yeah, yeah. I think I think if to be in a power violence band, you have to be like a legit fan of hardcore. Yeah, it does help like that they're from Cali. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That the, is, like, you know. mecca of fucking power violence. Shout out Slapaham and 65 Thrashcore. I mean, 65 Thrashcore and uh, Pessimizer. Thank you. Yeah. Can, can this just become a power violence podcast? Do you not have any idea how long I could talk about Downside if I no comment? <laughs> like... Do you have years. any idea how we're platonic soulmates? <laughs> You're like not even the second person to say that to me. So let's get <laughs> through this final segment. And I want to put 20 minutes on this. All right. Can we do that? All right. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank this you. So one... final segment, 20 minutes. Thank okay. you both for agreeing to that. We're going to talk about the cam statement. So this came out on all of Cam's social media. Cam from Sorority Noise. Uh, I'm just going to read the statement here. Do we need to give any backstory? No, I think anyone listening to this podcast okay. is aware. 
The statement reads, the other day I had a positive and constructive conversation with a person who, eight months ago, was pressured into making a statement about me online. This conversation was important to both of us, and I'm grateful we were able to speak on on our experiences and what we could do positively going forward. We both felt this note, which has been approved by both myself and other person involved, was a step in the right direction. Although we are each valid in our own experiences, we agree that was... We agree that anything that did occur between us was not purposeful or malicious. This person has made peace with the situation that they would not have shared publicly under other circumstances. I have been in intensive therapy for the past eight months, and over that time, I've been working towards growth, being mindful, and moving forward. I appreciate your reading this of note. Be well. And this is blasted through Cam, Old Gray flower girl records sorority noise all of those channels and the response was from what i was seeing was just like i'm so glad this exists i'm gonna i'm gonna fire up my sorority noise records which is not how you should feel in my opinion that's yeah that is not the reaction i was seeing at all I mean, I wasn't reading comment threads i was just looking at posts being made by my friends about it I mean, the the reactions I was seeing was split 50-50 between people who didn't give a shit in the first place and people who were like, eh. Like, I, I feel like this could have been a lot better. I will say and, that we, we, like, it was eight months ago. So I think speaking up after, like, like giving an eight-month up, uh, uh, update, I think that's appropriate. Right? Yeah. 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 Waiting that long to, like, talk shit over, especially, and giving, like, the victim time to, like, work through what I am can only guess was really traumatic. Being forced to, like, publicly air out your trauma, I can only imagine how that feels. When you had no intention to do so, you know? Exactly. Like, yeah. when your idea of moving through it was to, like, deal with it in a private manner and someone was like, no, fuck you you're going to have to stand on a pedestal right now. Yeah. I I cannot believe how many people on the scene still fuck with Nicole. Like, I, like, I cannot tell you, like, the mutual friends on FB that we have. It's, like, really unfortunate. Someone else, uh, I think it was James from the band Artorius, said something really insightful. Uh, they said that they're not necessarily opposed to transformative justice, but the catch is the person who is ostensibly being reformed is not supposed to get back the the status that they initially had because they have proven that they cannot be responsible with it. Yes. Um, so do you think anything in that statement alluded to that? How Cam felt? I don't know. I will no way say of knowing. there yeah, was there, a word choice. There was a word choice that put me off very much, and that was when he said, although we are each valid in our own experiences, we agree that anything that did occur between us was not purposeful or malicious. Although we are each valid in our own experiences, I feel like that is a little bit um, – how do I put this? Elliot, did, does, did this phrase like do anything to you? Did this also make you feel uncomfortable in any way? So I'm wondering – and this is – 
this question is not being posed to excuse any behavior or say that what happened wasn't what happened. I believe I heard from somewhere that like he was on drugs at the time, like heavy drugs. And that is not, and that is not to say that it makes him any less of a rapist whatsoever. Believe me, I definitely believe he should be stripped of his platform, all of that. But I do believe that that might be, as far as like malicious in the moment, that doesn't make sense. I still believe that that, I think, I don't know, honestly. I think that that much would at least like be why, because like in the initial thing, like they were like, yeah, no, we contacted everyone. We have no idea like who this could be about, you know? I'm I'm trying to pinpoint why exactly, although we were yeah, I'm trying to figure out where the equally valid in our experiences like because where, fundamentally where is doesn't your quite make sense, right? Where is your experience deferring from the others such that it changes anything? So the the victim's experience, which is in Cam's words equally valid, is that you raped me. And then Cam's experience, which is supposed to be equally valid as the victim's, is did not rape you. And somehow those two realities are supposed to coexist. Purposeful right? and malicious. That, it, well, purposeful, in my opinion, is irrelevant. Like, violating someone's agency is the beginning, middle, and end of the story, regardless of your intent. Right. Like, that's, that's the, the term purposeful is bullshit malicious it just doesn't make sense like that's the thing like there was something like this very like stock footage of a statement because the vast majority of violations of consent are between friends or people who previously know each other i guarantee a vast majority of them are also not malicious yeah right that's that's like part of the point of consent education, right? Yes. But do feel, you think like, okay. do you, do you do you think like that wording is trying is trying to him to f- excuse his behavior or excuse what he did? I I feel like it's him trying to say that he did not knowingly violate consent, which, which is I think irrelevant. not that's not like in obviously the three of us are of the mind that that's irrelevant, but to a whole lot of other people that makes them look at the situation with a bit of a softer lens. Yeah. Okay. So Kyle, you said in the very beginning, like, Oh shit, I want to fire up my sorority noise records. That's not the response people should be having. Like what's your, what's your take on this? I think the fact that it exists is appropriate and needed and kind of new for these situations like let's let's face it we're never gonna get another jesse lacy statement um we got a pine grove one that really just was a press release yeah 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 that was Um, the most fucking botched attempt at like transparency i've ever seen in my life yeah so this it's improvement but what scares me is the fact that people are like sweet he's 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 in the clear 
which I honestly think what Cam needed to say was, this does not mean I'm coming back. This does not mean... I deserve to have the platform that I once did. Yeah, I think that literally needs to be said. Because what's happening is people are like, alright, my fucking crew neck is now going to come back into rotation. Um, Blah, 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 blah. Sorry, noise. That's exactly it. I think the problem... I, I like I think that is something that needed to be avoided by saying something like I'm not in the clear y'all just wait for me um when I think the problem fundamentally is that like people think um like we give a shit whether they had the merch or we give a shit whether they listen to what they listen to in private you know mm-hmm. that's not even close to the point yeah. It's the going out of your way to defend them. That is Exactly. Yeah. Cuz like if you if you, sorry, go ahead, Kyle. You both were saying like people are saying fuck this. Like why though? Like what 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 even warrants fuck this? Cuz he still did what he did. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, cuz on the other side of the spectrum you also have people who I'm not going to say necessarily black and white thinking. But people who view those transgressions as like beyond reproach, you know, like beyond the point of any sort of reconciliation. So you're saying like these are people that think that you are gone for good? Yeah. I feel like I'm also uncomfortable with that sort of position because like I've always been uncomfortable with like the retribution model of accountability rather than the rehabilitative model of accountability. You're here. So, and I feel like this is this is also stuff we like talked about in the initial cam episode. Mm-hmm. Like we're coming we're coming back and bouncing off these same themes, but it's real it's really tough because what Cam said here doesn't address any of the stuff we were talking about back then. What he was so, talking about was very internal shit. Internal meaning him and the other party. Yeah. yeah. Now I have a question for both of you. Um, because initially the victim wanted to have this dealt with in private. Does that make does that make the call out invalid? Does that does that mean that we should still just let this be their private business? I I'm... don't think it's possible to know that without like a blatant acknowledgement from the victim as to like wishes for moving forward, like a list of demands or something right. or requests. Cause like, I feel like really at the end of the day, this is us placing the victim first and like what the victim initially wanted is now irrelevant, unfortunately. And so and... now we are dealing with what the victim is having to deal with. And that is now that it is public, how do we reckon with it? in order for, for the victim to heal because that is what we should be going for first obviously Kyle I don't know for some reason my thought immediately went to like what if your favorite band's like uh, or someone like the what if the drummer of your favorite band is like a Nazi and you never knew like <laughs> <laughs> ostrich syndrome right yeah I'll say that like my biggest thing about this statement is that I don't know 
so as far as like accountability processes are concerned, this is still a pretty new concept, like a really fucking new yeah. concept. Yeah. So we're still like playing this by ear, taking it as it comes to us. We don't have like a real way of like ad- knowing how to address any of this because there's nothing to know. We're making it up as we go along. Right. And so, that said, what was this statement supposed to do? Just update, I think. But, like, update with what? The intention that you are going to come back? That's my the intention. The intention, ultimately, is to soften public perception of Cam. That's the point of this. Yeah. That's what all the that's what all the statements always are. Whether or not it's that the artist is coming back, it's to kind of make them seem warmer to the to the reading audience. I don't know whether that's like a cynical way to look at these, but that's how I've always viewed it. I don't know. This has been a very difficult one to parse. Like even more so than like well, obviously more so than Pine Grove. I mean, Pine Grove previously was my barometer for, like, a situation like this that's hard to deal with, but this one has, like, blown it out of the water. Oh, absolutely. Now, correlatively, why the fuck has Nicole not faced any consequences? She has, like, seemingly wriggled her way out of all of them so far. Like, for every misstep she's taken. That part also kind of blows my mind i don't know i've always like ever since like the whole sorority noise thing has been concerned i think i don't think i'm the only one who has seen nicole shift from a scene figure to like solely being a name in a comment thread but she is like she has clout in midwest emo posting for example i mean that sucks to hear. Yeah. Yeah, she's, like, on the same level as, like, Blade and Johnny, you know? Yeah. It's, I don't know, the lack of acknowledgement to that end, especially for the sorority noise thing, um, blows my mind. Because I think everyone's on the same page that, like, at a certain point, Nicole, like, just needed to not be in the world is. Like, it just wasn't a healthy working environment. For anyone, yeah. Exactly, like, just even, like, regardless of, like, this, that, or the other, including way, way more personal shit that, like, hasn't been publicly released. It was just a bad professional environment. She behaved unprofessionally. And so, like, even moving past that with this, this is, like, a way more, like, yeah, no, I'm, like, I'm also confused about that. And, and I, I also remember, for... sorry, go ahead. I, I, I was just going to say I don't know how to parse it, I could, mostly because I don't, I haven't really, I, I mean, I've talked about this as much as anyone else has, which is not at all, you know, like, these conversations yeah. haven't really been happening. I mean, I feel like, as far as podcasts go, we're literally the only one that's consistently had this, these sorts of conversations. Yeah. That, there. Mm-hmm. 
jumping off of that Nicole thing, I also remember when the world is released that track that was like kind of interpreted as a diss track against her. People were calling them transphobic because of it. Yeah, that did. Happen. I mean, yeah, it did. And I don't think I agree with that. <laughs> I don't really know how to even like touch the Nicole situation. I got to be real, mostly because like, Aside from that singular, really gross show that happened, Nicole has stayed out of, like, actually being in, like, actually being in, like, music in person, at least. Except for, like, big shows at large venues that would never, ever even try to proclaim to be safe spaces. Okay. Word. But also, like, there has been a lack of answers. Have we hit the 20-minute mark? Did we do that? Uh, we just crossed it about We just minutes, crossed so. it. Yeah. We are, we are two right, minutes well, over. Well, let's leave, let's leave the audience with all that shit. <laughs> no closure there. I mean, that's kind of been the whole, the whole theme of this entire fucking shit show, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So, is the answer to this question, like, we're all fucked? Like, no ethical consumption under capitalism, listen to whatever you want, who gives a shit? I I think the fact that, I don't know, I think this is one example of, I mean, like, this is the first example of something like this. Like, someone yeah. has given us a proper update that doesn't mm. mean anything yet because we don't know what Cam's intentions are as a public figure, for lack of a better term. That's probably overstating it. Um, but the more interesting thing is how we're reacting to it. And I feel like whenever this topic happens, like at least half of the conversation is devoted to picking apart the way that the scene responds. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I will say the most consistent theme I've seen with these conversations since the beginning of the podcast is always, always, always lots of apologism. Yes. Like, especially on our email, unfortunately. Like, yeah. no matter how often we try to crack down on it, make it against the rules, ban people who engage in it, it always pops up. Because, I, in my opinion, because people, like make their enjoyment of these bands into their identity right and if someone in a band they like is a bad person they can't have that right because that makes them a little bit of a bad person for liking that band that's my armchair psychoanalysis anyway i'm gonna go ahead and make a quick note here americ and football posting can burn in fucking hell word yeah <laughs> like i was seeing like three jank posts a week christ really yeah mm-hmm. people that and, don't like, even obviously, listen obviously to- like at one point like i forgot to unsave jank it came up on shuffle and i quickly had to skip it you know i wasn't struck by lightning but i wasn't about to go into a fucking facebook group with a screen cap being like wow i love this you should love this too. Yeah. Fucking morons. 
because that's direct promotion. Like, I feel like I need to reiterate again. No one actually gives a fuck if you still listen to Jank or if you still listen to Brand New or if you still listen to Sorority Noise. Like, that's not even close to the issue here. And I feel like people think that we're saying they're not allowed to do something when we talk about these artists having to take accountability and making shows safe spaces. Like, they feel like we're, like, infringing upon their freedoms and their rights. And I feel like that that couldn't even be further from, like, the issue at hand, which is uh, we're working towards a more consistent and uh, effective form of justice. But we need to... We have currently, like, lack insight as to what that is, even remotely. Yeah, also true. Also true. So, so what do we do? What's that next step? We hold we're a We're figuring summit? it out. We're figuring it out, right? I no, mean, the E-Word podcast we? has to figure it out for everyone. Oh, God. <laughs> we're doomed. <laughs> Oh, God. Kyle. Help. Yes. <laughs> help. What do, you, what do you want me to do? Help. Bring say, it up on the podcast words. next time. Okay. No, I, I just... I I need, like, confirmation that, that my word vomit is not incoherent right now. <laughs> it's... Your word vomit is coherent often find how to navigate these things via our podcast it seems like or at least become more aware of ways to handle it and such so and also like have more cognizance of how they engage in these conversations right um okay so this is not this is not a done like this story is not done by any means so but who knows when all we all we can really do yeah all we can really do is wait for updates that's it okay but at least it's better than waiting for an album in two days yeah (laughs) yeah okay so let's wrap it up here do we have anything else for episode 23 Elliot Uh, do you have any projects that you want to talk about (laughs) (laughs) uh we kind of just like let Elliot like, like subsume into a co-host persona. <laughs> Honestly, I'm down with it. Um, <laughs> new band called Pine Overcoat features members of various local emo and math rock stalwarts. Uh, bands that more kids should know about uh, by the names of Champagne Colored Cars and Things Amazing. Um, yeah, so it's going to be Google. It's going to be Riffy. Um, currently working through like mock-up demos. We're going to be recording in early March. Our first show is March 9th. Uh, you can follow along at Overcoat GA on Twitter, Insta, and Facebook. Do you know how? Like, I, do you know what? how like active the band is gonna be? Like, is it something that you could tour with or anything? Or oh, I I wanted you I want to tour it? like a motherfucker with this. Sweet. Actually, get ready to uh, bleep something out. So we're gonna start off with an EP. 
Uh, that part you don't have to bleep out. What you have to bleep out is it's going to be mixed by. Oh, who, shit. Who oh, also mixed. Uh, yeah, no, he's like really stoked. He worked with Champagne Colored Cars on uh, their most recent EP and was just really stoked on working with our drummer again and offered us like the most insane deal. Like we would have had to be fucking morons to pass it up. So yeah, um, <laughs> one of my favorite guitarists ever is going to be handling the audio files of my guitar work. And I'm already losing my mind over it. <laughs> but yeah. I'm so happy for you, Elliot. 2019 is going to be a fucking glow up. Y'all are going to see me riff harder than like fucking ever. These songs are sick. I'm, so I'm really stoked. You should be. All right. Um, Ellie, uh, you're, you've been writing articles and such. Uh, I, at this point, have like, I think six articles up on No Echo. Um, Got out. Yeah. And I don't want to like count my eggs before they hatch, but. Uh, I should uh, at some point soon be pitching an article to the AV Club. So Ooh, The AV Club? Yeah. That's yeah. like the best of all of them. Yeah. Uh, either AV Club or Noisy or both. And the basic concept of the article is like masculinity and hardcore. And I'm really excited to be like exploring that topic. Want me to send um, you a uh, a transcript of a dissertation that I was sent, and the title of the dissertation is "Gay Edge." Uh, absolutely. Whoa. Whoa. Please do so. Yes. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you can find my writing on No Echo. Uh, you can find several of my old articles. Uh, you don't need maps. WordPress. Uh, you can find my uh awful jokes on twitter at you don't need maps um and you can friend me on facebook.com slash you don't need maps uh and i think that's that's it for me kyle cool um i don't have anything out there in the world that i can talk about yet besides the podcast stuff so you can follow me on instagram at nothing feels gucci and i've been tweeting at one eight hundred two underscores hell no. That's still such a good handle. It is. That's like from I, maybe my favorite little ugly main song too. <laughs> slick Rick. Yeah, yeah, but, slick, yeah, Rick. yeah, Slick Rick. Um, so that's where you can find me. You can find the podcast at the E Word Podcast on Twitter, the E Word Podcast on Instagram. Uh, you can email us at the e-word pod at gmail.com and there's a facebook group that you can find just say that you want to join and we'll let you in and we're going to start firing up that group once we're doing stuff consistently again like dropping this episode um and you are probably listening to this podcast however you want to but a lot of you are doing it on the chill wave youtube channel so once again shout out to chill wave who's now releasing records by the way Who's releasing? Who released that that closure EP? That was really fucking good. Shout out to Closure. Can we say that? Can can we all say shout yes. out to Closure? That's a good band. I back it. Shout out to Closure. Yeah. yeah. Word. Okay, Elliot. Thanks for coming back. You're a part of the Repeat Guest Club. Yeah. Sick.
Who else? And uh, Claudio. Claudio. And Matt. Um, I feel like there's someone else. Matt. Well, do we want to count Dan and Lauren? In spirit. 